Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Uh, shortly in the programme, hoping to speak to the author of a book called Knights in Armour. And the knights are, the, the word knights is spelt N-I-G-H-T-S as opposed to K-N-I-G-H-T-S. So knights in armour, the dark, the darkness of the night, the night that we all experience in armour. Um, what might it be about, do you reckon? Well, it's about being in the RUC. And really the, the background to this book is that a, a, a policeman's lot, is, as many people would know, very often not a happy one. Um, and there are many elements to having been in the police. And I, I want to, to really find out from the writer, Sam Thompson, Samuel Thompson, uh, what he's hoping to achieve with this book that has been praised, actually, by Danny Morrison, who used to be uh, working in publicity for the Republican uh, movement in the in the past. So uh, it's it's getting the thumbs up in the most unexpected of, of quarters. And I think we have an opportunity now to, to speak to Samuel. Samuel, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, thanks for coming on the programme. Knights in Armour. Is this, a, is this a book of fiction, a book of fact, or a book of fiction based on fact? Uh, tell, tell me about the backdrop to it, please. All right, Frank. It's certainly a work of fiction, um, but, but I did serve in the RUC for 26 years, and I was around as a very fresh-faced um, 18 and 19-year-old in the during the hunger strike period. So it's fiction, but certainly influenced by real events and real experience, but um, they haven't been recounted as such. And writing, when did you turn to writing? Because you served in the RUC for a considerable amount of time. You're someone who's involved in drama. You also lecture at university. But why did you you turn to writing fiction? Well, I didn't so much turn to it. I always enjoyed writing, um, even going back to primary school. I enjoyed um, writing essays. I thought I had a certain flair for it. And um, this book is quite unusual in that it's being published in 2019, but it was originally um, written around about 1985, 1986, when all those um, events were pretty fresh in the memory. So the attitudes, the dialogue, um, and things like that should be true to the era. It's, it's not a case of um, today's memory um, being being reflected. Now, t- tell me about 
Danny Morrison's involvement in this because he, he seems to be, if we check social media, in favour of people reading the book. He says it's not a, a work of propaganda. Danny Morrison, many people would argue, would know a considerable amount about propaganda. He would argue, of course, that he was seeing it as saying it as he saw it. But regarding Danny Morrison, your first encounter with him was as a an RUC man in the, the most troubling of circumstances. Yes, um, I first um, met him. It was the day um, Jerry Adams was shot and wounded and um, brought into the Royal Victoria Hospital. And um, at that stage, we didn't know what had happened. There was myself, just another officer, um, arrived just two of us initially. And um, within a fairly short time, there was a number of other people converged, um, you know, associated with Sinn Féin and so forth. And I, I don't want to go into, you know, long story of it, but I got involved in a bit of a scuffle with him. I wouldn't put it more than that. It wasn't a violent fight or anything like that. Um, so, so that was how I met Danny Morrison. And then years later, he um, reviewed the um, first edition of the book, which was um, in print briefly around about the end of 1993. And um, as a writer, you'll take whatever help you can get. Um, a, a good review is a good review. And if it helps people um, read it, who would otherwise be put off um, by the subject matter or the viewpoint that the story's prevented from, well, I'm more than happy with that. Well, it certainly must be an interesting read if someone like Danny Morrison is actually endorsing it because, as you say, you don't want to go into too much detail of what happened on that day that Jerry Adams was shot and you say that, yeah. you say that you know, yeah. people from Sinn Féin would have been around at, at the time but people from the IRA would have been around at the time and you would have been, you would have been a, a, a target uh, at that time from, from the IRA. You, you must have felt under immense pressure even in the vicinity of the hospital. Yeah, well, um, on that particular day, we um, initially didn't know what had happened. Um, I said there was myself and another officer, and we were driving what was basically an armoured shuttle bus, which took the civil servants in and out of Springfield Road. And all we heard was that there was been a shooting in the town centre, and that I think a gold or bronze coloured car was heading up the Governor Road. So the hospital would have been a logical place to work, or sorry, to look. And we arrived there, I saw the um, car with several bullet holes in the side, um, went in to investigate what had happened, and um, I saw a couple of men who had been shot, one of whom would have been Jerry Adams, and I didn't actually recognise him because they were all covered with blood and so forth. And um, I say then there was a lot of um, associates, I suppose would be the best word to use, um, appeared on the scene within a few minutes. Um, probably, I don't know, at least 10 um, within a short time. Porters and so on working in the hospital with probably a crowd of about 20. And um, then other police arrived. But um, that's my recollection of it. It's a long time ago. It was 1984, 85. Can't quite remember which. Um, but, but that's more or less what happened then. And you have recollections of many other incidents while on patrol. This reference to knights in armour... N-I-G-H-T-S. Yes. Is, is, is that a yes. simple description of, of how you felt you were in armour, you needed to be protected, and you were in the dark of night under, under threat while doing yeah. your job? Uh, uh, 
Uh, that's exactly it, Frank. Um, we wore um, body armour and then you were inside armoured vehicles, so you're almost like a double wrapping. And it's a plain word, of course, with the old K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Um, and that more or less explains the title. So what is it in this book that makes it acceptable to someone like Danny Morrison, whose who's, eye is very much on the Republican prize, is on a United Ireland, is justifying the activities of, of the IRA down, down the years? What, what, what is it in the book, in this work of fiction, that, that you managed to achieve that allows a Republican to say, yeah, read this, 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 this is a darn good book? Okay, well, well, first of all, um, it isn't necessarily um, a political book. I was very aware of the fact when I was writing it that um, if I hadn't made it um, too sweet and wholesome, that it would have appeared as propaganda. I also tried um, with some of the characters in it to portray how maybe um, young lads um, who are encountering police and army, and back in those days it probably would have been stopped, in certain areas stopped and searched pretty frequently and so on um, and would have been in a position of um, conflict, you know, could have been sucked in um, or would have felt attracted to um, paramilitary organisations. So um, I tried to let the, um, the, I wouldn't say the facts, but the the things that happened in the book speak to themselves. Um, I also tried not to um, lecture from any political point of view and present different arguments. So I obviously can't speak for um, Danny. You need to speak to him yourself. Um, but I imagine it's maybe that which he, which he liked, that it wasn't um, trying to um, demonise anyone in particular. Um, it wasn't... Um, while most of the police in it, are, I suppose, are is um, portrayed heroically in places, but if you read the book, there's other parts where they're not quite so heroic. And I think that's possibly um, where he's coming from on it. I'm also interested in the element of you meeting people like Danny Morrison and Republicans through some sort of reconciliation group that's run by a former member of the Parachute Regiment. What sort of activities do, do you guys get up to in that reconciliation group? Yeah, well, it's not a formal thing. It isn't a formal organisation. Um, I was invited basically to Christmas lunch um, by um, this other fellow who's a former member of um, both the Parachute Regiment and the Royal Irish. And um, he explained that there was people from what I would describe as a former opposition at it. And, and initially it was very, very wary. Um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. and um, But I did go along, introduced to a few people. I'm not going to mention names in case it possibly embarrasses people. Um, but I find that uh, on a personal level, we get on fine. Um, like, well, we don't meet on a regular basis. It's a couple of times a year, um, no more than that. But I think, um, from and I know there's former colleagues of mine will probably disagree with me on that, and who don't feel the same. Um, I don't pretend to speak to anyone other than myself. But I think it's important that we have these conversations and that um, people can discover what makes each other's tick. We're not the same. We come from different backgrounds with very different experiences. But I think if maybe if these conversations had been going on in the 1950s and 1960s, place wouldn't have got into it, but it did. And you, you, you have a, a, I suppose, 
a, a memory of childhood that's very much from the Shankill side of the divide. You have a memory of being yeah. growing up in, a, in a, a staunchly loyalist area, and you you, yeah. you 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 do tell a story, don't you? you where you you feel almost taken advantage of to some extent by a, a loyalist paramilitary godfather who used to take you and a friend for drives in a car simply to get through checkpoints, and he would allow you to play on a farm, but you you weren't sure what he was getting up to uh, in, in, in those outhouses and outbuildings. Yeah, that would be a good thing. Um, it was a pal that used to live in uh, Maryland as um, Tyndale in the Bally Cellar. And my family is originally from the Shankill and I was down there once or twice a week with grandparents and so forth. Um, and a, a guy who would have been, I, I, in later life, I wouldn't know one was a UVF leader. And um, there's some connection between my friend and his family. I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but he used to bring us to a farm out near Dundrod, Crumlin area. Um, and we had played around the farm, and he would have been doing something in outbuildings. And um, then we would have driven back. And this was around about, you know, 1972. And especially in the road to the airport, there would have been lots of army checkpoints and stuff. And usually if a soldier seen somebody with a couple of kids in the car, they would wave them through. And it just occurred to me in later years that he may have been using us um, as cover for that. He, he was later um, shot dead by the IRA, this guy. Um, I don't know that for a fact. It's a guess on my part. It may have been quite innocent. But um, we'll never know for sure. It's interesting with hindsight uh, what people conjure up in in their in their minds, and you know you you tell the story uh, so well, Sam. It'll be interesting to see what's in this particular book, Knights in Armor. But one of the things you've also said is that the making of a, a cup of tea after you come out of the RUC was something you found easier to do than when you were in the police, simply because you didn't have to do it in the dark. You must have, you must have felt under immense pressure when you were a serving officer. Yes, um, well, people did. And it's only when it was really all over when people went on holiday that they actually noticed that. I remember when I used to go on holiday out of the country after about the second or third day, I would have had this sort of great wave of relaxation came over me. And um, people just didn't realise the pressure they were under. But, but the story about the cup of tea, um, there was two former colleague, colleagues that I used to work with in Armagh, and both of them were murdered in their kitchens going in to make cups of coffee. There was somebody hiding in the field out the back and took the light on and shot them. And um, for a few years after that, um, the house I lived in was open at the back and um, I would have went in the dark and pulled the blinds down before I put the light on. Um, probably wouldn't have done any good, but it just felt safer doing that. Um, so uh, I think if a lot of us are honest, you know, if we look at circumstances where people would know had been um, killed or hurt in, they do play in your mind. Um, you wouldn't be human if they didn't. And are, are your thoughts now in the more mature years of your life with your former colleagues, uh, many of whom died, many of whom were left injured by the, the IRA and, and other terrorists. Uh, do, do, do you, do, are your thoughts with them or do, do you see a, a wider picture of where Northern Ireland was and where we've all come from? Uh, I think to be honest it's both. Um, you know the people that I was sort of quite close to, quite friendly with, you know, um, you remember them and their anniversaries, people of um, different ways of um, 
doing that, but you think about it, um, you know, fairly frequently. Um, uh, I probably knew two or three people quite closely that were killed. Um, and one was actually killed accidentally by, um, he was run over by an army landover while scouting patrol. Um, and there's a pretty strong irony there, I think. But, um, it's a matter of both. You know, um, you don't want to forget those people. Some people have suffered horrendously and there's, um, some people have been paralyzed for life and, and lost limbs left for the most appalling injuries that they have to live with day and, day and daily. Um, so, yeah, you think of that, but um, the future has to be something better than that, too. And um, things aren't perfect now, but we're in a much better place than we were 30 years ago. And um, But I think there's still a lot of ground to do. There's still a lot of hurt and a lot of bitterness out there um, in all communities. And um, that's going to take a lot of time to heal, I think. Well, Sam, good speaking to you. The book is called Nights beginning with N, N-I-G-H-T-S, Knights in Armour. Uh, it's fiction. It's published by Mercy or yes. Press, and it is it is yes. available. Uh, g- g- thanks for it'll coming. It'll be available on the 30th, 30th of April, Frank. It'll be in the shops. Okay, in the shops from the 30th of April. Sam, thank you very much indeed by Sam Thompson, former RUC officer, Knights in Armour. Uh, this is the U105 phone-in. Uh, good morning to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.